as an individual project manager, you have to decide where you're going to play. There are definitely changes in terms of what people expect from you, even as a traditional project manager these days. Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Every other week, we get together to discuss what you have told us matters to you as a professional project manager. It's our chance to meet with some of the experts in the field, get inside their heads, and see what has worked for them. It's a place to share ideas and philosophies, all with the purpose of improving our own game. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are the two guys who make this podcast happen, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And Andy, we're fortunate enough to have an agile expert in the house. And this is going to be a really interesting uh, slice that we're taking on agile. We're going to be looking at it a little bit differently than traditionally. Well, let's meet our non-traditional guest, all right? (laughs) As a certified scrum master and certified scaled agile coach, Steve Krauss has more than 15 years' experience assisting organizations in transitioning to the Agile mindset. As the CIO of a mid-sized company, he led the conversion of their waterfall-based software construction efforts to an Agile approach. He served as a senior consultant at Deloitte Consulting, as well as a senior principal with Darty Business Solutions. He's currently engaged at a major local insurance company, assisting them with agile training, coaching, and planning as they begin their agile journey. Steve, it's a privilege to have you with us. Thanks. Now, we should probably start off by defining our terms just a little bit. Um, waterfall, agile, let's, uh, let's get into that just a little bit. What is agile and what is the difference between that and waterfall? Right. So, you know, Since the pyramids were built, people have been applying kind of traditional project management approaches, right? So kind of the classic PMI, PMP certification, you know, the iron triangle, you know, scope, cost, resources, quality. How do you make those trade-offs, right? Um, And then how do you manage a project using very structured approach to completion? That's kind of classic what people call waterfall, right? Um, Agile, you know, a lot of folks got together probably in 2002 in a hotel room, literally, and said, (laughs) this ain't working for us. Mm. Um, We're seeing a lot of projects that are running over, uh, almost all of them. Many projects fail. um, So a lot of money wasted. uh, And they said, you know, is there, and by the way, one thing we saw a lot of, and they saw a lot of was IT kind of getting a black eye. So I'm an IT Mm. person. I'm not in construction or, you know, I'm not building Mercedes Benz. I'm I'm building (laughs) software. Mm -hmm. So IT almost got a bad reputation. It's like projects always run over. Projects never do what they're supposed to do. Um, The end result of the project isn't really all that useful or that much value. And so Agile kind of said, let's flip that whole thing on its head. It's about value delivery. The goal is not to finish on time on budget. The goal is to deliver something of value. It may not be the entire thing we originally aimed at. So scope is flexible, right? Um, Resources are flexible. The second thing Agile kind of brought into the picture was saying, you know, those traditional approaches of let's design it, let's build it, let's test it, Mm. right? And then a big bang delivery at the end, right? No, let's deliver little pieces of value and then even change direction based on those pieces. So love that, hate that. Mm -hmm. Let's do more of that, less of that. In Agile, that's okay. 
and waterfall that drives you crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the difference between change is a four letter word and waterfall. Right. Well, <laughs> right. Unless you're the the contractor who's implementing those changes, and then you get to bill for them. That's right. That's going to cost you. <laughs> but even then, it's a nightmare. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's like have to submit a CR. Mm. Um, client doesn't want to sign it, but is still very unhappy with the situation. So even if they don't fund it and say we're not going to pay for it, they walk away with a bad taste in them. Right. I cut my teeth on Waterfall and Nick. It was um, somebody said in one of our podcasts that Waterfall is sort of a pejorative term that <laughs> was introduced by Agile. It was not. No. I was mm-hmm. taught that was what it was called mm-hmm. uh, back in the in the early nineties. Uh, but it's this idea that things go from the top down and they become more and more progressively elaborated is the phrase that project managers love to use, but that whole idea. And so, yeah, Agile does. It flips that on its axis right. pretty sharply. And something you said, Steve, you know, says, this isn't working for me. It kind of right. began the, uh, the, the movement. The journey, door, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so how do we know whether one or the other is going to work for us? Ooh. That's, a, that's a really easy question. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. Steve's here to answer it. <laughs> and, and I think that's the answer people are going towards now. So we did see a trend. You know, a few years ago when Agile started to come in, what we started to run into was kind of pedantic kind of approach. It says waterfall is over. Mm-hmm. Agile is for everything. Yeah. Clearly, one of the trends now is, you know what? Sometimes waterfall is the right answer. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. agile is the right answer. Sometimes a mix of those two things is the right answer. Uh-huh. And so we're starting to see more and more of that that says, what's right for this project? And amongst some of the true believers, mixing those two is not... Evil. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And, and, and one thing I think we're seeing is the true believers um, in both sides, let's be clear, Right. Or having to let go a little. Right. (laughs) So that brings me to a question. Nick, I want to ask Steve, help us focus on the individual. Right. So let's say I'm the practitioner. Maybe I grew up doing traditional or waterfall approaches as a project manager. Now Agile is all that. It's hot. So the question that I want us to tease out today with Steve, is Agile right for me? Right. I think there's two, I really think there's two questions a person has to address as a project management professional, right? One is, um, it is hot. So how am I going to position myself against it, right? The second thing is, um, the market may want me to do this. Is this something I want to do? So the fact it's hot doesn't mean it's right for you. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about the market a little bit, Steve. Um, I know you've done some research. You've spoken on trends. Uh, So I guess the basic question is, is project management, is that profession still a good way to go? Is it still in demand? And then talk about some of the trends that you're seeing in that space. Right. So let me step back for a minute. Like, how did how did I get into this a little (laughs) bit? Right. Of course, I've been doing both for a long time. So I was familiar with the subject matter. But what we had is we had a client of ours who basically they basically let go of every project manager they had. Right. Wow. They just let them go. It's like, as of tomorrow, we will no longer have any project managers on our staff. Right. And that made us step back and say, wow, um, is that the way this is going? Hmm. Is, it, is it a fact that in 10 years, there won't be any more traditional project management? Um, you know, and because we're in the business, by the way, of doing that work, we were very personally interested yeah. in that. 
And so we did some research and we said, you know what, um, do we need to deal with this? Yes, we do. This is definitely a trend that's not going away. What we, what we were seeing was what they wanted out of project management is changing. Mm. And so there is, you can't ignore this. Um, as an individual project manager, you have to decide where you're going to play. But there are definitely changes in terms of what people expect from you, even as a traditional project manager these days. It's it's funny. Um, I've heard those rumors of the downfall <laughs> of project managers, and it makes me think about Mark Twain's quote of the right. rumors of my demise are greatly right, exaggerated. Yeah. Right. You know, and right. so uh, yeah, we certainly haven't seen any lessening in project management. No. But I I agree with you exactly that what we expect of these people is changing, mm -hmm. and now suddenly this. Uh, this task master, uh, somebody who <laughs> who has mastery of all the schedule, all the sure. tasks, uh, all right. the individual components and the details, that's becoming a little bit different because nobody can do that well. Very few people can do that well. Right. And now we're turning it over to the team to do self-organization and self-management somewhat. Right. And, and it evolves. So the PM evolves into more of a coaching role often. Right. This, this shift from I am the God. Mm. Right. Um, to I am the servant is a very tough transition. And again, remember, the other the other thing is on one project, you may be the God. Right. <laughs> and on the next project you're managing, you are the servant. Right. Um, and on the third project, it may be some mix of the two based on the needs of the project, that's what's becoming more nuanced. I'm getting mm. whiplash just thinking about that transition. <laughs> it is. It's, t it's tough, right? And I think it's one thing we're yeah. seeing as, as we continue to interview for you know, folks to fill PM roles, we can see every candidate dealing with these questions. You know? So the good news that I'm hearing from you, Steve, is the demand is still growing. Absolutely. Both for traditional waterfall project management uh, double-digit growth there, plus this the new area of agile or you know adaptive approaches is very hot as well, hotter even. Uh, but there's work for everyone in the project management space, right? So what are when you guys are you know you you touched on interviewing uh, when you're looking at candidates who are trying to fulfill uh, particular spots. What are some of the trends that you're seeing these days? What are some of the skill sets that are really in demand for right. project managers? So what we're seeing is, you know, just like anybody, I mean, when we're interviewing now, we're interviewing bimodal, right? We got to know if you're good at traditional. We got to know if you're good at agile. Um, the in-between stuff, not most people. Most people haven't experienced that yet, but a few have. What we're seeing, by the way, I would point out um, – because of this bimodal trend, right? Being just good at agile isn't good enough either. Mm. Mm. So when we're interviewing somebody, we're looking for somebody who can do both. And so it, we'll see people come in who have extensive agile experience, have never done traditional project right. management. And they can't answer any questions about that side of it. But I can imagine someone right. who cuts their teeth on one or the other really struggling. Yes. The first time I ever fully jumped into an agile project, it was not easy. No kidding. Yeah. Right. And so what you have we're, to let go of a lot. <laughs> you do. And I think part of it, what we're seeing on the interview side, just to, this is more of a personal show, right? About you as a PM out there in the audience, right? First of all, my first advice would be honest. Hmm. Um, a lot of people are being pushed, I believe, by staffing agencies and other people, or even the market alone. And they're stacking their resume with agile. 
for instance. Oh, and yeah. it's like when you get into agile with them, it's clear they do not understand it. And first of all, that's no crime. Right. Like not everybody's been exposed to it, but pretending you have been exposed to it is going to lose you to the job. Mm. Similarly, for the agile folks who haven't done traditional project management, you've got to be honest about that and say, look, I'm an agile practitioner. Um, if you're looking for someone who is not got that traditional project background, um, the ideal answer to me is let me tell you what I'm doing to get up to speed on mm. that, right? I'm getting the certifications. I'm doing the studying. I'm shattering people who are doing that mode that I'm not familiar with. That's what I would like to hear. What I don't want to hear is I'm an expert in this. And then it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> by the way, sensei. it's really it's really funny in interviews. People try to be very, we try, we as interviewers try to be very courteous. But what you see around the room is people going, shaking their head. No, you're already dead and you don't know it. You're the walking dead, right? Atlanta, it's appropriate. Um, but, you know, that's something you don't want. So part of that is how do you position yourself honestly in terms of your experience level? And then just come back with what am I doing to get up to speed? Right. And I think Agile requires a lot of humility in yes. general uh, as you're approaching it, that servant leadership <laughs> idea. And that's it's easier for some people than others. You right. know, what's funny is I hear you talk about this concept of bimodal. It reminds me, one of my favorite theories in the world, and I'm sure I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, is Fielder's Contingency Theory. And Fred Fielder came out and said, basically, and this, it doesn't apply exactly, but there is an aspect that does. He says, basically, you're either task-oriented primarily mm -hmm. or you're primarily relationship-oriented and that everybody's somewhere on a continuum. And his point was, and this is, this is sort of my interpretation of his point, so I'm melding my opinion with his research now, but early in your career, being task-oriented really works well. You're handed a stack of documents, you're handed a bunch of customer complaints, and you have to just plow through them and get them done. But as you progress, you have to become more relationship-oriented in order to succeed. In other words, what, what got you there won't, uh, what got you here won't get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. And your success is contingent upon your ability to transition. And similarly in project management, I'm hearing you say that what you're interviewing for is somebody who can transition back and forth between or blend uh, best mm -hmm. practices between the two. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine there are just a lot of people who struggle with that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's very few people who are truly bimodal in that way, right? Um, and so, but people can play both, right? right. Um, the trick is, again, like we talked about earlier, do you want to? Yeah. Right. And so one of the stories we've talked about uh, as we prepared for the show was uh, I see a lot of traditional PMs coming in, getting their certification, right? I'm a scrum master now, right? And uh, one of my favorite stories was, uh, I, I was I was an agile coach, so I was helping scrum masters be better at what they do. Right. And so I had this new PM who, you know, was first scrum master assignment. They were all excited about it. And I went into the team room, you know, typically co-locate mm -hmm. in an agile process. And I said, so how's it going? It's going good. You know, team's excited. It's great. Uh, we're getting good results. OK. Right. By the way, <laughs> that should be immediately like interesting about mm -hmm. the results. Right. Yep. Traditional PMs are very driven by results no matter what. Right. Um but how's the team doing? Yep. Um, the team's getting results. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I asked. And 
we, I mentioned earlier, I looked on the board and I saw Gantt charts okay. for two-week <laughs> sprints. You have a Gantt chart for a 10-day sprint. Okay, what's a Gantt chart? So a Gantt chart, a Gantt <laughs> chart is a traditional project management tool for you know, like six-month to a year projects where you can see you know, we're going to do this from this date to this date, and then we're going to transition from this date to this date. It has horizontal bars, right. and they kind of okay. represent how long right. something's going to take, and right. they're stacked up. Okay. Yeah. Right. I got so instead of seeing a Gantt chart that said, here's a year-long project mm -hmm. with, you know, a thousand lines, I saw Gantt charts with like three or four lines going oh. over 10 days. See, that makes mm -hmm. it agile. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what are those? It's Gantt charts, and they're working great. Like the team knows exactly what they're going to be doing in every day of the 10 days. And I backed off and I said, how am I going to deal with this? Because that's not how it works, right? So what that person was showing was fundamentally, they didn't really understand the agile principles, never mm -hmm. been the practices, but also were struggling internally with, this is how I make a project work. Right, right, how yeah. can I turn agile more into the thing I'm used to? Mm. So I can be comfortable. Right. Mm. And she was very comfortable. <laughs> By the way, interesting thing was the team was also comfortable because they were like, oh, this is a traditional project. That's what mm -hmm. I'm used to running too. So let's have cool Gantt charts. Sure. So the team was like, we love people telling us to do. Sure. We're used to that. <laughs> and the point is, that's not where you're supposed to be as a team. You sh the goal of the Scrum Master is to coach. The goal of the, the, goal of the team is to own. Mm. And they weren't owning. They were taking direction, just like they always did. And so what was funny was the PM, I should say the PM, but the Scrum Master was happy. The team was happy doing it the old way. And actually, the client was happy. But the Agile principles were all being violated. <laughs> it reminds me of a crazy scene in a Richard Pryor movie from probably the 70s. And he's up giving this multi-level marketing presentation to a group of skeptical people. And one of the people in the audience says, hey, how do we know this isn't some pyramid scheme? And he goes, I'm glad you asked that. And he flips a chart and it has a pyramid with the top loft off. He said, this is a trapezoid. <laughs> right. And it's, it's right. that fourth side of the right. trapezoid that guarantees you unlimited wealth. And everybody's nodding yes. and buying it yes. at this point. Right. <laughs> it's so not this a Gantt agile. chart. This is an Agile chart. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Right. You know, That's so, so the point is that person I was working with wasn't really comfortable with this new role they had, right? And so they tried to convert it to something they were used to and good at. It's natural. Natural, mm -hmm. natural thing. Um, while if they had stepped back before they took the role, or maybe stepped back after they got their certification and said, you know, how is this going to, new process going to ask me to change? And do I want to change? Like a lot of the PMs I work with are type A personalities. Yeah. They're drivers. They don't trust people. Okay. <laughs> the, the process assumes people are unreliable. Not mm. all type mm. A people are distrustful. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying there's clearly a spectrum here. But a lot of the PMs I meet who are that personality, they love it. Mm. And when they're asked to become a servant leader, they don't love it. Yeah. Can they do it is different. Do they love it, right? So, Steve, this one of the things when I was talking through content and looking at uh, some of the points that you've spoken to before, um, I was fascinated by a slide that you had. It really made me start thinking about, you know, the different the mindset of a leader in an agile 
team versus a traditional team. And just some of these points that you're bringing up, it's like where, if I'm that person, where am I more comfortable? Am I more comfortable being the general? Mm, the know, general, right. Or the generalist, you know, <laughs> leading, uh-huh. a, a, leading a team. So, right. you know, there's some of those that you see that you can see play out. Let's just talk through some of those characteristics where if you're talking to that person who's right. trying to decide, you know, do I, where am I most comfortable? You mentioned servant leader. You know, right. do I, am I comfortable embracing uh, the role of servant leader or am I more accustomed to being no, no, no. I'm the one that everybody turns to and I tell them what to do. Right. I mean, it's a lot like Hollywood, right? So do there's there's two types of directors. My uncle's in the business. So. Okay. <laughs> there's two types of directors. One is the directive director. It's like, here's how I want it to go. Nothing off script. Nothing, you know, execute, please. Right. The second kind of director is the person who gets the most out of their actors mm-hmm. by letting them have some freedom. Mm. Right. Um, and, it, you know, the, the classic thing to me is the classic PM is usually more directive. We are going to do this while the coach is more about questions. How do we feel about how the project is going? Are we I had a, had something yesterday, exact model of this. It says classic PM would say, where's your project plan? We're just starting the project. And it's a third party. So we're kind of managing a third party, right? And they have a PM as well. And it's like, where's your project plan, right? As a coach, it's more like, are you ready to produce a project plan? And why are, if you're not, why are you not? What are you uncomfortable with that would not allow you to go in front of our management and tell us? And that's what I need to know because I can work on those things with you to help you resolve those issues. So now you are comfortable. The classic PM would have been, where's your damn project? Mm-hmm. You know, I just <laughs> got out of a sailing school, believe it or not, oh, sailing, which was yeah. just something <laughs> always wanted to do. And it was two weeks of living on a boat. One of the things that applies to this, though, um, we took turns cooking and the skipper who was doing the instruction uh, would go and he would look around like people are constantly when you're when you're on the ocean, they're constantly coming up to you and saying, hey, I've got tuna, I've just got fresh lobster, you know, we just caught X, Y, and Z. Well, he would take these things and look at it and go, okay, what ingredients do we have? What mm-hmm. can we What can we do with this? How should we marinate this? How should we do whatever? Me, I'm like, give me a recipe. Yeah, right, <laughs> I don't, right. don't want to be creative. <laughs> right. I, want, I need a formula to follow. But that's that's more my personality. Naturally. So, yeah, naturally, that's my natural bent is you give me a recipe. I can follow. I'm pretty good in a kitchen. But you give me a bunch of like, you know, Iron Chef, you open a refrigerator and here's your ingredients. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be as strong. So And that's a real skill a scrum master should have because many of the people on your team like we mentioned earlier would love for you to just give them a recipe oh yeah mm-hmm. um, i'm i i'm a coder i just want to code right i don't want to think about why we're doing this or how we could do it better just tell me what you want today and i'll go to my desk and do that tell me the outcomes you want and how we're going to measure mm-hmm. them and yeah. how give me the test cases in advance and we'll mm-hmm. be fine so that's one of the challenges as a scrum master you have is I've got to get you out of that mode. Like, no, this is we, not me. Um, the second part is I've got to get myself out of that mode that says, oh, you want direction? I know how to give direction. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to intentionally not give you direction. <laughs> Even though I have it mm-hmm. as a PM in my head, I, it's just running. I got it. I got it. I got it. 
As a scrum master, I have to sit back and say, I'm not going to, nope, I'm not going to give them the direction I've got in my head. They've got to figure this out. It sounds like it's admirable or, or desirable to be able to be good at both of these. Uh, and, and so say you've got somebody who, who already, you know, has waterfall down, but is like, you know, I could do agile. Uh, I, how can somebody actually get those skills and, and, uh, and get that mindset and, and sort of make that transition? Right. So I think there's two parts to that. That's a great question. The first one is, how do I get some exposure to this? It's the classic chicken and egg thing, right? Mm-hmm. Even for your career, which is, so you don't have any agile experience. Well, I guess you're done. Right. <laughs> no, you've, you've got to demonstrate, you've got to find a way to get a taste of it. Right. Right. So at your current company, find an agile team, go observe them, right? Shadow the scrum master, shadow the team. Um, Find a mentor. Find a mentor, someone who's done it. Sure, get the certification, but then sit down with somebody who's done it and say, now what, tell me what the real, how this really works. That's what I find helps decide both things. One is it helps me understand what I'm really getting into mm-hmm. versus just mm-hmm. the book. Mm-hmm. Like I read the book. <laughs> the second thing is it does start to give you that taste of, is this for me? Wow, that person has a real skill in terms of handling relationships and handling people. I might need some more training on that mm-hmm. before I can really play that role. You know. And the point is that kind of, what I'm finding is that kind of proactive preparation shows up in the interviews even if you haven't done it. Because what you see, and I think you've seen the same thing, is the key to me is they start using the language the right way, right? So they can have a certification and they know the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. when you listen to somebody and they use the words in a context where you can tell you've seen this before. Right. You've been in a scrum room. Mm-hmm. And you start nodding your head not no, but you start nodding your head going yes. Yeah. And then you combine that with, but I don't have all the experience I would like to have, but my goal is to get more. Mm. That's when you see people in the room nodding their head yes. So you're a big proponent for self-awareness. So somebody needs to, first of all, realize. Zen, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Meditation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can see that's in, in you as a project manager. Right. But in all seriousness, as a project manager, we need to know what our strengths are. Yes. And if I've got areas that are weak, but I think hey, I'm really interested in growing that side of me. Right. Maybe it's an agile practice or, you know, for the agilist, it'd be the other way around. But then again, looking at it and going, okay, is this really going to work out for me long term? Is this something that I could be really good at? Could I bring value to an organization with this skill set? And right. will I enjoy my job? Is this right. going to burn me out and make me miserable? Right. So those are good questions to ask. Now, one of the strategies that I like that you have put forth is, uh, okay, when you come to this big question of is Agile right for me, you say either move on, move up, or move in. <laughs> right. So the move in is move in to Agile. So find a mentor, find a coach, sure. find go examples, for it. go for it. Right. What do you mean by uh, move up, for instance? So move up is a lot of project managers are ideal people to move up in their organizations and typically do, right? Most of the, a lot of the managers you see, the directors are really former PM or PM-like people. So there's tremendous opportunity to move up and basically out 
of kind of the traditional project management role. So you could be a program manager, you could be a product manager, right. a product owner. So move up the know. scale, right? Go mm-hmm. to go to portfolio level, go to program level. Those are still there and they're still very traditional. Yeah. yeah. Right? So yeah. that's up. Yeah. What about uh, move on? You know, move on is just maybe there's your, this isn't where your career needs to be. Okay. So right? don't try to force being an agilist. Right. You know, embrace right. who you are. And, and some of that might be just find the companies, and they're out there. Who I mean, how long this strategy will last, I don't know. But there are still companies out there that are still very traditional. And, you know, those, those niches are out there. Um, you know, in the case of software development, you clearly can move on to something like construction that is much more traditional. So take your same PM skills, move them somewhere else where um, you're not going to face some of the challenges you're, you're facing perhaps in software development. Just a real quick question before we uh, wrap it up here. Sure. How can somebody get more information about Agile to find out if it wow, okay. might be right for them? Wow, if you can't yeah. find information about Agile, you're not trying very hard. <laughs> um, so, you know, clearly the PMI has, you know, has a whole form, in Atlanta at least, has a whole forum around Agile. Right. Um, as does IBA. Yeah. Um, so there are lots of venues out there free of charge. You can go and attend and learn more about it. And by the way, those people presenting, I present a lot there. Those people presenting are deep into actually doing it. So you can start to get some of that flavor we talked about earlier. Um, the second thing that I mentioned earlier was just find somebody who's doing it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be even your company. Like go to the PMI, find some people that other companies are doing it and ask you if you can shadow them, right? Mm-hmm. The, the point is there's a lot of people out there doing it. Yes, you can read a book, but at some point you got to put the book down and you got to go see it. Go see it, right? Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks so much. We appreciate your perspective. We appreciate uh, your take on this issue. Before you go, we do have a gift for a you. A mug. Yes, this is the famous Uh-oh. Manage This coffee mug. And it works uh, equally well for waterfall and agile practitioners. So, <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks again for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. We also want to thank our listeners for helping us by telling us what you'd like to hear on Manage This. Please don't stop. Send us your questions and what kind of guests you'd like to hear from. Just go to the Velociteach Facebook page and use the comments section. In turn, we want to help you. And one way we do that is by providing PDUs, professional development units, just for listening to this podcast. To claim them, go to Velociteach.com and choose Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click the button that says Claim PDUs and click through the steps. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on October 16th for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can always visit us at velociteach.com slash manage this to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us. And tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications. We're here for you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep calm and manage this.